Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Well, we've got great respect for the Patriots and what they've what they've accomplished. I mean, they have a, a deep history of of winning, um, and that's um, that's not easy to do in this league. And um, so, really, our focus is on this this week's game and not what's happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future but our focus and sole focus needs to be on 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 this week's game buffalo bills head coach sean mcdermott patriot week in the sports bar with danger and battaglia glad you're back with us and we're claiming her as one of us maggie gray you can hear her mornings on the fan rochester co-host of maggie and perloff making her her inaugural visit into the sports bar with danger and battaglia so much to get caught up and we want to talk plenty of buffalo bills but tell us first maggie welcome in and, and tell us a little bit about your connections to the flower city Oh, man, guys, thank you. So I've been waiting for the call, by the way, to come on and talk sports with you guys because I have so many connections to Rochester, and I love that city. So uh, my older brother went to U of R, so I have partied in Rochester very hard. So thank you for all of that. And then to double down, I married a guy from Rochester. His parents lived in Charlotte, um, you know, had moved out of the west side of Rochester and then moved out to Charlotte when we met in New York City. And I've been back to Rochester. I mean, you want to talk garbage plates? Let's go Lilac Festival. I like. I love Rochester, and I, I only wish I got back more. Here's how you know she's not a fraud. She said Charlotte. Charlotte. Anybody yeah. that's yeah, an Charlotte, outsider right. would not call it Charlotte. They'd look at it and be like, "Oh, you live in Charlotte? No, it's not Charlotte, New York. It's Charlotte. <laughs> Everybody knows." That. I was I was just stunned when at me when you wrote back and said, "Yes, I know all about Rochester because Maggie, we have a thing here in Rochester. Like, if there's a remote connection, we kind of claim." as our own like for example rory mcelroy well he's one of us because he married the rochester girl so like it or not you're one of us here maggie are you crazy so i'm from i'm from binghamton new york and i'm like a proud county from binghamton but rochester is like paris to us you know like rochester and syracuse is like london and paris i mean i always looked at rochester i'm like i'm going to like the big cities to get on the short line bus or the greyhound bus from Binghamton, take it to go see my older brother who was at U of R, as I said. And I was like, oh, I'm going like somewhere super cool. You know, <laughs> like we get, you know, go to Henrietta Haas there. Like what, where am I? I feel like I'm in a foreign country. It was always so cool. And I have just great memories of Rochester. Again, I got to get back up there more often. All right. Well, you've got an open invite here in the sports bar, Maggie. You know that. Now, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the Bills because it, we were actually just talking about uh, how how sports talk uh, radio listeners will will immediately go to the low-hanging fruit and the, the lowest common denominator. Fire the coordinator. 
fire the head coach, right? And other teams have bigger problems than what the Buffalo Bills do, but you have concerns after you saw that game on Sunday night. What what are you seeing, Megan, when you watch this Bills offense? What looks out of sync to you? And if we're assessing blame, who gets the brunt of it? Yeah, I mean, I do think that you can tell almost from the first drive of the game what type of game this is going to be for the Bills offense. Are they going to actually show any even shred of a commitment to the run game, or are they going to completely abandon it so that, you know, we can get the Josh Allen hero ball? This is the one thing I don't understand about the Bills offense. First of all, you know, before I criticize the team, I just want to say, as a lifelong diehard Buffalo Bills fan, like the fact that the team is even as good as they are, relevant, we've been waiting for a quarterback like Josh Allen since Jim Kelly, like, I'm so appreciative that the team's finally relevant again and good and competing for titles. That said, I do think you can criticize the team and you, they fall in love with these explosive plays. Now, do you need explosive plays to win? Sure. But look at how you got to also play the game you're in, right? Like the perfect example was the Jets game. And I know if you want to say, oh, they got rattled because Aaron Rodgers left the game. Well, what game are you in now with Zach Wilson? You know, you're not in a game where you need to be going for everything on first, second, and third down. You know, you can, you have more weapons on offense than the Jets. You should have been able to beat them handily. Same thing with the New York Giants. So those are like the bad Buffalo offensive games. And then you see how beautifully it can work against the Raiders, against the Commanders, and then against the Miami Dolphins. Like, they need balance on offense and again you can tell almost from the first drive of the game what this is going to be like i'm just wondering too maggie maggie uh is uh the co-host of maggie and perloff maggie gray our guest here in the sports bar um certainly josh allen trusts stefan diggs had 12 targets in the first half in that that went over the giants but does he trust anybody else like is there yeah. somebody else that can be that number two target for sure on this team yeah i mean i thought I think everyone thought it was going to be Gabe Davis, right? So, you know, the 13 seconds game, like he's so incredible. It's like, oh, well, of course, this is just going to be slot in digs one, Davis two, and you're ready to go. But, you know, we've all been watching football long enough. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. You know, sometimes it's not just totally, you know, hey, one guy's one way one season and then better, better, better. You're going to take steps sideways. You might take steps backwards. I mean, I still think Davis is a weapon. And then obviously we know that Josh loves Dawson Knox. And then they went out and drafted Kincaid, who obviously now has been dealing with some health stuff. So I think he he obviously trusts Knox. I don't know if the fan base trusts Knox as much as Josh does. I do think there are enough weapons. Now, I don't know if you guys think the same thing, but I always thought the gr- there was a great element to the Bills offense when they have a guy who's just like in the slot that's not Diggs. You know, like I always thought there was that guy who could just be the third down, move the sticks guy, and... It's almost like Josh is missing a little bit of that safety blanket. I think they think it's going to be the two tight ends, but it just hasn't worked out that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're referencing the the, the years that they had Beasley in the slot. Yeah, I mean, Beasley, I can't, Isaiah McKenzie, when you trusted him, you know, guys like that. Right. So you bring in Kincaid, and and this is the thing that that I thought was hilarious because you know when he was drafted, we all kind of scratched our head. I'm like, oh, they drafted Dalton Kincaid, and and everybody's like, well, you, you know, he's not a tight end. He's he's just kind of a pass catcher. I mean, this guy's going to be others. You could line him up in the slot, and so yeah. far we just haven't seen the Bills utilize Dalton Kincaid. 
Kincaid. Now, dealing with the health issue, we'll probably see him again this weekend, but they haven't utilized him anywhere near the way he was utilized at college at Utah. So it begs the question, are they are they using their guys and playing these guys to their strengths, or is it is it a lack of trust, or is it just that you know, Josh Allen is only going to trust the guys that he trusts, and Ken Dorsey is only going to trust the guys that he trusts? You know, like, is there a trust issue within the ranks here in Buffalo? It's a totally fair question. After you watch games like like the Giants and the Jets, and and even Jacksonville to a certain extent. I mean, I kind of throw away all those games in Europe. You know, like weird stuff happens. The lighting's weird in those stadiums. Like I hate when my teams have to play in those London games or Germany or wherever the NFL wants to play on the moon probably soon. Hmm. But I think that I don't love those games. I think you can kind of throw them out. But again, it goes to the point your point about trust and also can the offense find any balance? Like you did draft James Cook in the second round. Like you do have the ability to run the ball. I know Damian Harris, how scary was that against the Giants? I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Here we go again with another player who's, you know, being taken off the field with an ambulance. But it looks like all the signs are pointing to, you know, him having a recovery. I, I just, a, a good recovery and a quick one. I just can't believe that they don't utilize the run game more, especially when you're going against teams that are inferior. Like, let's call it what it is. And I'm really, like, really curious how they're going to play the Patriots this weekend. Because the Patriots, I don't know about you guys, but Bill Belichick will forever live rent-free in my head. (laughs) There's just been too many losses to Belichick over the years. But at the same time, this is not those scary Patriots teams. And I'm worried that the Bills like have a tendency to play down to their competition, and I don't want to see them get uh, like overthink this when it comes to the Patriots. This is a beatable team; it should they should be easily beatable. Like, don't get caught up in your own heads, guys. Just play to your strengths, and you should win this game by three scores. Maggie, uh, yeah, let's jump ahead here to the Patriots as. Like Danger and I, we're too young to remember. We've heard stories about Willie Mays stumbling around in the outfield. I mean, are we are we getting to that point with Bell? I mean, I, I'm fascinated. How does this story end? It's like there's no quick fixes there in New England. No, it's so funny. I'm like, I, I'm I'm so scared of Belichick after all those years of them just kicking our butts. Where I feel like if you say his name three times, he's like going to appear in the bear. <laughs> I mean, it's really I'm at a it's a deeply a, a deep fear of Belichick. Um, and any kind of, you know, division rivals, but specifically him, it is so bizarre to watch this ending. And what's so bizarre about it is it's actually Belichick, the general manager, who I think is more to blame than Belichick, the coach. Now the coach also gets some blame because what other coaches is he putting around him? You know, how come Mac Jones has clearly taken massive steps backwards, but I think him as the GM is the, is the part that really deserves the criticism. And if he leaves New England and they decide to part ways, anywhere he goes, he's going to want to be the GM. This is the old Bill Parcells line. You can't let me, you know, if I'm going to pick out the groceries, if you want me to cook the meal. And so where is he going to go where a team would trust him to be their GM now that they see the product on the field in New England? Yeah, I, and and that's the point I I keep making is like I I don't see him going anywhere else. If he's not in New England, where is he going? Well, just, he's going to want to chase that record, though, right? I mean, when it, like he t- takes well, the a best year. case scenario is like we've been discussing. It would be great, Maggie, if if Belichick, you know, has carte blanche because of the, the rings and because of the the history, and Robert Kraft just lets him ride it out, and, and you know, you're getting four, five, six wins every season out of New England, and eventually breaks that record down the road. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd love it. Because New England, four, five, six wins a season, like, sign me up as a Bills fan. This would be great to be able to knock around Belichick for a couple more years. I, I, I'm, I don't know about this. I, I could actually see them parting ways. I just hope that wherever Belichick goes, it's as far away from the AFC East as humanly possible. It's been enough. I've had enough. I've seen enough. It's the greatest coach of my lifetime, probably. Uh, maybe we could you know, quibble about that, but he's got the rings, and, and I just want to, like, not have to worry about Bill Belichick anymore. I don't need this guy in my nightmares anymore. Maggie Gray, our guest here in the sports bar. So you get the Patriots, you get the Buccaneers, then Maggie, it gets real. You get the the yep. Bengals on Sunday night, you get the Jets again, okay, Denver, whatever, but then you get the Chiefs and the Eagles, and they're all coming up here. So my question is this, because there's a star on this team that the Bills are kind of slow playing. How do you think they've handled Von Miller so far? Because I'm, quite frankly, I was surprised they activated him when they did, and well, he's been out there the last two weeks, but I can't recall like one play where he made a difference here. Yeah, you know, I I was advocating to just keep stashing Vaughn. You know, keep stashing him. Let's keep this guy in some bubble wrap until about, I don't know, December. You know, like, you just need him for really the stretch run, kind of the total opposite of his usage last year, where he goes out and wasn't there for the stretch run. But now considering the injuries that they've suffered, I mean, guys, I was trying to think about this. And, and, and listen, this season, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I cannot remember the last time a team – lost this many all pros and pro bowlers on defense and still was able to win a Super Bowl. That's where I'm worried. I know Tredavious White wasn't playing exactly how he was in his pro bowl years, but he's still damn good. Daquan Jones and obviously Matt Milano, who anybody who's been watching the Bills for any amount of time knows how important Milano is to the defense. And Vaughn Miller is going to have to make up for a lot of that. Now, the cool thing about the Bills and credit the front office, they have just kept drafting pass rushers and pass rushers, and pass rushers, and besides Boogie Basham, it feels like a lot of these guys are really working out, you know, they're really holding their own, and so maybe they can hold the floor, but Vaughn at some point is going to have to shoulder some of this, I mean, Leonard Floyd has been a revelation, that was a great signing, Epinesa obviously coming into his own, but at some point Vaughn's going to have to really step up, but like, save it, let's save it a little towards the end of the season, so he doesn't get hurt, and he's peaking at the right time. Megan, we all had our reservations when they moved on from Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott yeah. said he was going to be the defensive play caller, but it appears so far so good, even with the depleted talent on the defensive side of the ball due to all those injuries. What's your yeah. take on McDermott's defense so far? It feels very bend, but don't break to me, and we'll just score more points than you. Yeah, I mean, listen, McDermott has been like so steady and solid. I don't know if you guys have gotten this impression or if you thought about this at all for cross your mind. So watching the giants game, right. And you see Dayball, Brian Dayball, who I know is like native son, Buffalo claim him as, you know, if you're claiming me as a Rochester native, then Dayball's got to be in the area. Oh, he's ours. He's a U of R grad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. And he coached U of R. What am I talking about? Of course. So yeah, he's one of us, but the way he's going berserk on the sidelines at times is like, Pretty crazy, I thought. I was like a little surprised that he's been this animated on the sideline. And it, to me, it made me appreciate McDermott a little bit more. Just the fact that he's always been so like professional. But at the same time, the expectations for this team are sky high. And so for McDermott, I think he's done a great job with the defense considering all the injuries. But just for the coaching staff as a whole, I mean, it's hard to ignore. There's like an elephant in the room here of like a ticking clock. And now I'm not saying that anyone's window is closing. I mean, hell, Allen is just 
should be entering his prime right now. And the contract would certainly reflect that. But, you know, there's got to be some, a bit of impatience, right? Because of all the close losses that you've had in the playoffs. And I appreciate McDermott, but I have to believe that, you know, there's got to have been some uncomfortable conversations at some point, or there will be if the Bills flame out this season. So, Maggie, you're in, in the city, so you, you just brought up a contrast between two coaches with very different styles, and we saw the yes. handshake afterwards, and it's clear that there's some sort of friction between <laughs> McDermott and, and, and Dayball, but does that play better if you're the coach of the New York Giants? Do the Giants fans want somebody that's animated like Dayball, somebody that is going to chew out a player for making a boneheaded play, or or do you think that it's it's more widely accepted if you had a more presidential head coach like you have in, in a guy like Sean McDermott? Yeah, I think that I'm going to be honest now, you know, having been on WFAN for several years and kind of really getting to know, I think the DNA of Giants fans and, and Jets fans may be a little different, but they love it, guys, when you're winning. Hmm. And when you're not winning, then it just looks like eyewash. And it's, you know, and it just goes hand in hand. I'm not saying that means Giants or Jets fans are fair weather or anything like that, but they will roll with it. If it's winning, the moment it's not working and it looks like you're being you know, kind of embarrassment, you're pointing fingers, you're not taking accountability yourself as the coach, instead pushing it off on the players. Whenever there's a scent and a whiff of that and you're losing games, then you have to worry about the fan base. But so far, no one has turned on him, you know, in New York. He's still in really good standing. They like that, you know, uh, the fan base, I think, likes that he's holding guys accountable. But at the same time, If we're doing a little self-scouting, I think everybody on the organization in the Giants, that is, has to wear the loss to the Bills. Like they can blame that no, uh, the no call and the untimed down at the end of the game. But there were many mental errors that happened on the Giants side. Obviously, the end of the first half was a big one for Tyrod Taylor, who we love, of course, from his days in Buffalo. But, you know, the whole coaching staff to me has to wear that, not just the player. So, Maggie, here comes the million-dollar question because I'm going to make the assumption the Bills are a playoff team, whether that's a wild card, whether that's a division, whatever it is. And we're going to get to that point again, a close game in the playoffs. And and also, I want to thank you so much for all those great memories on your show this morning. (laughs) Hearing, oh my gosh, wide right, and there's home run throwback in 13 seconds. This is a franchise that has just been tortured. And hey, that was only two years ago. Why not throw in a Bengals loss that you should have beat? My point is, what will get this team over the hump? Because I think for a lot of us in Western New York, and I think for the team itself, it's a mal thing at this point. They have the ability to win the postseason, but what will get them over that point, Maggie? Yeah, I, wait, first, let me defend the show so that people actually might want to tune in. We don't just go through the bills like, you know, very painful losses every morning is like part of some morning routine. Um, we were doing uh, something we do on Wednesdays called the Great Debate Series, where we just do big sports debates. And today was the worst sports loss of all time. Mm. And it could have been anything could have been team could have been an individual meltdown, like golf, you know, Jean Vandeveld, it could have been, um, I picked Malcolm Butler at the goal line. Um, because I think that the Seattle Seahawks, like are still kind of reeling from that in some ways, mm. my co-host Perloff picked Chris Weber's timeout mm. as, uh, something that has lived with him for such a long time. We got so many great responses. But I didn't go Bills because I feel like the Bills, the Vikings, the Browns, we all could have like our own subcategory. <laughs> but uh, so that's why we were talking about a little bit about the Bills this morning and about about some of the bad endings. But um, is it mental? Man, I hope not, uh, because if it is, 
that means that solidifies probably something that maybe Bills fans and maybe the organization doesn't want to face, which is the 13 seconds game might have been the best shot. And I'm not willing to say yet that they're not going to have another great shot at this and that they're not going to have learned from those mistakes in that game and can be better for it. I'm not giving up. This hasn't beaten me down yet. Hell, we're Bills fans. We've been through worse. And I think if a few things can break right and they can start peaking at the right time at the end of the season, why not the Bills, really? I mean, we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We still have a great defense despite some of the injuries. I'm saying we now, like I'm suiting up for the team. <laughs> but I, I'm, still, I'm still with this team. Maggie, uh, Maggie Gray joining us, uh, co-host of Maggie and Perloff. You can now hear mornings here on the Fan Rochester. And Maggie, you're gracious with your time to stop by the sports bar and talk to Gene and I. I wanted to make sure you had some time to tell our audience what you and Perloff bring to the table now Mondays, uh, mornings because uh, traditionally you guys were on in the afternoon and nobody could hear you because we had us two taking up your airspace. So now that you're on in morning drive on the fan, what, what can we expect out of the Maggie and Perloff show mornings? I mean, just nonstop fun for four hours. I mean, this is our goal is when wherever you are, whatever time zone you might be in, but Eastern time for us, if you're getting in the car at that hour of the morning, we want to make it entertaining for you. So maybe your day just gets a little bit better, right? Just a little bit better, a little bit nicer, a little bit sunnier. Of course, we love talking about sports, but we go totally off the handle on everything else. I'll give you for example, we love doing show bets. So my, my co-host Andrew Perloff was on the Dan Patrick show for 12 years. People might know him as McLovin mm-hmm. and show bets is something that we brought uh, inspired by the Dan Patrick show. And I'll tell you guys, we've had some doozies. So the first week of the new morning show, Perloff had made me a bet. This is kind of random, but Perloff had made me a bet. He thought that Joe Burrow was going to sign for less money than Justin Herbert, right? So this is back in the summer when these guys were signing these contracts or back in September. Like, you're crazy, man. These guys, like, this, they, don't, they don't sign for less. They sign for more. You know, in the Tom Brady days, like, those are over, man. Yeah. yeah. So he lost the bet, and by losing it, he had to eat a bowl of Skyline chili with no hands. Mm. Oh, I, I, I yeah, saw yeah, the clips of that yeah. online. Uh, he was wearing the, the yellow poncho, and, and he was, he, he was. I mean, it was a disturbing image. I, I don't know that I need to see that again, Maggie. That was well done. I got to be honest. You're so lucky you weren't in the room with him because it was twice as disturbing just being there. So that's just one example. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We have a lot of fun. Uh, lots of Bills talk, obviously, because I'm there. And, and we just have a good time. And by the way, you're not taking up any of my time. My husband was so happy that I was going on the fan in Rochester. He's like, I'll call you for dinner. <laughs> That's awesome. And Maggie, if we're workshopping bet ideas, I mean, maybe if it's a bills related bet, you get Pearl off to go hands free on a garbage plate. What do you think? Oh, guys, that inspired. <laughs> I wonder if he knows what a garbage plate is. Nope. nope. Time to, introduce it to the, idea. Yeah. time to introduce it to the world. You know what's funny? So my co-host is a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yep. So maybe I'm circling November 26th. Ooh. Bills at the link. Good stuff. We got Loser you. Eats the I, mean, garbage plate. I mean, Maggie, you've had the garbage plate, so you know what you're in for. Would you be opposed to doing the garbage plate hands-free as a payback to having him do the Skyline Chili hands-free? Hands-free. So I, for was, the show. I was willing to do it. If I'd lost the bet, I was going to do it. You know, those images are probably going to live on the internet forever, uh, hopefully. So, but listen, I'm a woman of my word. I always pay my, my debts and my bets. So if 
I would be willing to put that bet on the bills, of course. Maggie, this was so much fun. Uh, Ron writing in right now. Maggie is awesome. I've been listening in the morning. Yeah, if you haven't oh, checked right. it out, uh, Maggie and Perloff in the mornings here on the Fan Rochester. Maggie, let's uh, let's do this again as we're getting closer to the playoffs. You guys are the best. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. You Go Maggie Gray is co-host of Maggie and Perloff. You can hear her and Andrew Perloff, McLovin, every Every morning here on The Fan Rochester, our new morning show, Maggie, Bills Mafia, Rochester Roots, we've claimed her. She's one of us. She said the thing I think we all kind of fear when we think of 13 seconds. Oh, that that that's as it. good as it's going to get? That, 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 that was it. That was it. That was the year. You, you, you were going back home to play the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. And on the other side, it was the Rams? You didn't have to deal with Tom Brady. He was already out. You didn't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Mm. It would have even been Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. or Matthew Stafford. They were winning that game. It's a harsh reality. It can't end like that. It's a harsh reality like to think that that was their best chance. I mean, hey, look, that's the job of Brandon Bean. You got to retool. You got to keep. You got to stay competitive. And and the thing that she, I thought she might say that she didn't say. It, you know, when you said, what do, what do they need to get over the hump, right? I think what they need is another thing that's very intangible. You can't put your finger on it. They need they need a little luck. <laughs> they need some luck. They need to stay healthy. They need some things to go their way in terms of who they match up against in the postseason. They need a little luck. You have to win enough games to be home. You can make your own luck. Can we agree on that? I don't know, man. I mean, the Bengals didn't have any problem coming in on a day where home field advantage should have been in your favor. It was a crappy winter day in Buffalo, and Cincinnati came in here and smacked them in the mouth. It didn't matter. I mean, you need a little bit of luck. I think you need a little bit of luck, but I, 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 I accept what she's saying there when she says nobody really wants to admit it, but the Bills' best opportunity was 13 seconds, and that may be as good as it gets. Unless, unless, you know, we look five years down the road and Josh Allen is still Josh Allen. And, you know, you've got another wide receiver that is, you know, a younger version of what you have in Diggs. Another guy who can get, re- you know, if you get that guy with separation, yeah, maybe, maybe you can get something again down the road. But right now, it's hard to imagine that it's going to look better than it did the year that they lost in the 13-second game. Think Maggie's in-laws were listening in Charlotte? <laughs> I, I just love yeah, that she said Charlotte, a, Charlotte man. Yeah. I mean, like, you know she's from here. You know she knows what's up. She said Charlotte and not Charlotte, like I did when I first moved here. I remember, I like, they asked me to uh, voice a commercial, and it was for oh, a nightclub no. on the beach. And I remember I had to recut it because, like, no, it's not Charlotte. <laughs> what, the Harbor Beach Club? It was, was uh, uh, like, Snappers. 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 You remember Sna- Snappers? Snappers. Everybody, everybody Snappers. remembers Snappers. Snappers. Yeah, everybody remembers <laughs> Snappers. And they asked me to recut it because I said Charlotte like a dummy because I didn't know I wasn't from here. Maggie knows her stuff. That was a lot of fun. Glad uh, we had her on and make sure you check them out every morning. Maggie and Perloff here on the Fan Rochester. Happy hour next in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. We have time for your calls. If you'd like to join us, the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line is open at 866-4FAN 585-866-4326 Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street in ER. GoodSmokeBBQ.com Lots to get to next. Happy hour in the sports bar on the Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.